All Things in the Name of Love, with your host, Dr. Erica Riesberg. Music performed and written by Megan Moreau. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it, yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go. Episode 69, The Joy of Curiosity with Dion Bihari. So today I have with me Dion Bihari, who is a body talk practitioner, a meditator, a being of light that I just love. And I'm so honored to have her on the show with me. And I just realized we were talking before we, I pressed the record and I wanted to go through this because I recently took a body talk access class and I'm hooked. I'm just like, I have to learn everything about this. And so you were starting to explain your experience. And I just want to start off with that because it's just so awesome. Yeah, for sure. So I started receiving Body Talk in 2002. So I got familiar with it as a client. But then for about six years, had to, I had this story playing that other people are able to do this and I would never be able to do this. And then I finally took my first class in 2008, and then I was addicted and couldn't stop taking classes. And (laughs) so I was taking at some, for a couple of years, I was taking almost one new module every month. And then eventually, I think it was 2011, at the end of 2011, I had uh, Carrie D'Ambrosio come up. That was my very first course that I coordinated. And I started to coordinate all the advanced modules in Saskatoon and brought in over 25, I think it was like 33 classes over the next, oh. until 2015 was my last uh, coordinating class. So I had Janet Galipo come up from Florida. and, awesome. and uh, So I was very fortunate to be able to work closely with a lot of the instructors and I would often have them stay at my home. So I'd get like after class, little, little, uh, personal little lessons and sessions and stuff like that. So awesome. I was very lucky to work very closely with a lot of the people that were, what were they called? Advanced instructors. So I got a lot, a lot of training over the That's years. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and for those listeners who haven't had body talk, what have you experienced about it that has gotten you so jazzed and gotten the advanced training, like just addicted to it? Well, I guess probably it started with my story. I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia when I was 11, 12 years old, and I was in the early 90s. And back then, it was a very new diagnosis. They didn't know much about it. And the doctors just had said to me, there's no cure. There's nothing we can do for you. Take these pills, like stay active. That was the other thing. And I said to my mom, like that, that, what, that's not even an answer. What do you mean? There's nothing you can do. Like, that just sounds like bullshit to me. So, so I, I kind of, I did a lot of chiropractor, but it was literally every second day, same adjustments. We didn't have more holistic chiropractory available and things like that back then either where I'm from a 
small city in Saskatchewan, Canada. And uh, I tried acupuncture. So I tried a bunch of different things because I just wasn't, there was something in me that was like, that's not acceptable. Um, And then I went traveling when I was 18 and I threw my meds out and I realized (laughs) that I didn't feel any better, but I didn't feel any worse. So I was like, well, why am I, what's, why would I take this if it doesn't, if I don't feel worse? And then when I came back from traveling, it was actually my sister. She's been a massage therapist for a little over 20 years. And she had a friend who had just taken a body talk course. And this is back in 2002. And she had, oh, they were working at a clinic in Banff together. And she told me about this modality. And the, the moment she started explaining it, I just exclaimed out loud, that's it. That's the thing. That's what's going to cure me. And she was like, whoa, 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 just slow down. Like, don't get ahead of yourself here. And I, and I was, I was just like, nope, there was something deep within me that just resonated where I was like, okay. So her and I got, I don't even know if we had it online. Yeah. I had a computer. So we, oh no, I think we went to the phone book. I can't remember how we did it. Maybe it was the phone book, but anyways, there was only two practitioners in all of uh, Saskatoon. Wow. So we ended up, I ended up calling one of them and her voice reminded me of one of my aunties. And so I was like, yeah, she's the one. And my very first session had nothing to do with fibromyalgia, but everything that came up just resonated so deeply. And I just got so curious and I was like, Hmm, this is, this is really neat. So yeah, I'm going to book another session. And, and the same thing just kept on happening where it just resonated and we weren't talking about fibromyalgia. We were just the things that would come up, would come up. And within that first year, I was going for one session every month. And within that first year, all of my symptoms were gone. We did address fibromyalgia on two separate occasions. We had done a cellular repair on it. But other than that, I don't remember a whole lot that was like, just like, we're just focusing on that. And yeah, all my symptoms went away. And then I was highly intrigued. because I was like, <laughs> hmm. I had days where you couldn't even like touch my skin. It, it was, it was in so much pain. Like I, I would, well, I couldn't get out of bed some days. I couldn't, it was hard to walk some days and I was an, and always had been an athlete. So it was really challenging for your body to change so drastically, basically overnight. Mm-hmm. I fell, I had a fall when I was 11 on my tailbone and my, I felt my spine compress from my tailbone to my crown. Like I just, Oh, really awful feeling. And I knew deep within that something bad happened and all of the parents that were on, it was skiing and I had told an adult and everybody was like, Oh, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. But something within me was like, I'm not fine. Like something really big just happened, but my personality and just being strong and yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just like walk it off. But then very shortly after that, my, I just went into a bunch of autoimmune responses and just excruciating pain. And, um, so yeah, then when it went away in a year, I was just like, what actually just happened? And so But then it was like, oh yeah, I'm not, I don't think I could actually do that though. This is just really cool that this happened to me. And then I eventually realized, I don't know what happened, but. You kept having sessions. Yeah. I realized (laughs) I can do this. Like I'm going to do this. This is actually what I think my whole experience was about to get me to this place because I'm supposed to do this. Right. And I know for me, because I just took Body Talk Access and 
I had this, this sound that like this, this knowing that was like, this is the doctor I always wanted to be. Yeah. I just but, but I didn't have like, I, I guess it was around in 2000, but when I was 12, I decided I was going to get a PhD. I wanted to be a doctor, but I didn't want to cut anyone open. So I was like, what can I do that I can handle long enough to get a PhD in? And it was history. Little did I know. Um, anyways, <laughs> I love the history. But when I, 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 I've been doing this, I took a, uh, an access class with um, Angela Johnson about six weeks ago. And, and I've had body talk sessions for about five years. And something in me was like, oh my gosh, this is it. And the, the reason why we're both so excited about this is because you can get to autoimmune stuff. You can get to back pain. You can get to digestive issues. You can get to pretty much, I'm not going to say everything, but like almost everything that you have, unless it requires like you break your hand or something, but even then you can still get body talk access or body talk sessions on it. The whole premise is that you're bringing your body into harmony and you're finding out what isn't and your body communicates back so you can get in a state of health without surgery, without pills. Mm -hmm. Elaborate on that because I'm sure I'm just shortchanging it, but that's like, that's the thing that's jazzing me. Yeah. It, it, through having your sessions and your own experiences, that's, that's definitely part of it. For me, um, I, right away, I really resonated with the quantum level of it all. And, and just that innate wisdom and that knowing that everybody knows how to heal. It knows how to be in perfect health. It's these outside factors, these environmental factors, our relationships, our emotions. Oh my God. I love part of one of the things that I did for years was emotional release. I was like the emotional release girl. <laughs> and uh, yeah, all of these and stress, stress and emotions, unprocessed emotions and stress are the two biggest factors that create all the disharmony within the body. And so really understanding that we have stress coming in from all different areas of our life, we have physical stresses, uh, like pollutions, the toxic stuff that's in our food. Then we have the conception, not conceptual, but like relationship stresses, stress, family stress, financial stress. Like there's so many different avenues that stress is coming into our life and into our bodies. That's breaking down its own ability to do what it knows how to do. We like, these are the most amazing supercomputers ever. Like what the bodies can do is just, it always blows my mind. I'm just like, what an an obviously creator, but who came up with this? This is amazing. Uh. (laughs) These bodies. And so, and I really dove into the life sciences. So again, being so heavily rooted in that, in the quantum physics and our beliefs and things like that, the, the unconscious programs and and all of that, it was just so fascinating to me because I've always been fascinated by the mind. And when we realize that 95% of what we what we create in our life is happening from that unconscious part of us that is programming, that's that's amazing. And to be able to start peeling back those layers and 
being able to use more and more of this incredible mind that is connected. I mean, it's all connected. So, so we can't separate that out, but it was always just so fascinating to me. And since then I did go on to become a master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming where we learned Um, So I'm a therapist for mental emotional release and advanced timeline therapy. And the school that I studied from the the owner, the the main teacher, he also carries the 28th generation lineage for Hawaiian Huna. So he brings a lot of energy medicine in and integrates it with the advanced psychology. So I've been out to Hawaii and studied some Huna with him and did my master practitioner and got certified for hypnotherapy as well. And so just that took it to another level and gave me just more tools to get into the unconscious because that's what I just find so rewarding when, when people think they have this symptom or they think they have this problem, but it's really just a program that's running. And so when you can get underneath it and get into the unconscious and figure out what that big root cause or that big limiting belief is that's creating all these behaviors and all of these patterns and habits and and all the unconscious things that you're doing that you don't even know you're doing because it's so behind the scenes that you just are not aware of it. So that is always, I think, what was so fascinating to me. And then just taking all the trainings and seeing the amazing healings and shifts and transformations that were happening to not only myself, but other people that I was witnessing in these three-day courses. It was incredible. I was just, I was just like, this is like, I felt like we were part of a secret society back there. I'm like, but we don't even want to keep it secret, but it's right. just not that many people want to know. <laughs> so like if, if everyone knew there probably wouldn't be hospitals. I think that there, I think that there would still be a need for those, those, very acute emergencies. Okay. That's what yeah. I think hospitals and the medical is is there for. Okay. Um, like if you were to chop your arm off, you might want to want to go see a surgeon. But I don't believe like I haven't been to a doctor had any medical assistance in over a decade. Wow. And I don't personally believe that the medical system is there for any type of prevention. I don't believe in annual physicals and things like that. I remember at one point, Dr. Veltheim, the the founder, the creator of Body Talk, he was talking once. I can't remember what course we were doing, Uh, but we were talking about like the pyramid and how the physical body is on the bottom. We've got mental and emotional and actually in NLP, we talk about this too, but the consciousness is at the top. So when you're working And I always believed this. And I think that's why I've had such great health because I've worked from the level of consciousness and then it filters down. Mm -hmm. I did run into some, some little kinks along the way because I completely wanted to ignore the body. I was just like, I had no use for it. And, (laughs) um, (laughs) and I was always just like a natural athlete. My body always worked really well. And I just was like, I don't need, I used to eat whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, I would never gain a pound. So I just thought like, it's not doing anything. 
I don't even have to exercise and I can just look like I exercise. And so I was just like, the body, like it doesn't need any attention. And so I always really worked at that conscious level, consciousness level down. And, but it has been just in the last few years that I realized like, no, this actually is my vehicle and it all matters. I I still believe that working from the top down, you're going to get really great results, but you can't ignore any part because it is all connected and you can't separate one part out and be like me. You don't really have a, you'll just be fine. Uh, Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. (laughs) You know, in the United States, we're actually on some, depending on where you're living, your body is shameful. So we have that energy coming in and to actually love your body and say, wow, Elbow, you are just so amazing. That's like, that's just not heard of. Like, yeah. just recognize, like, look at these hands. My hands are so amazing and they do all these amazing things. And I totally take them for granted. And they're just so freaking amazing. Yeah. And I've been doing that myself for a couple of years of just like being more mindful about this beautiful body temple I have. And I'm amazed how just doing that, just thanking my body for what it does has made it into more of a body temple than as a vehicle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool. Uh, That's not the right word, but I'm just going to go with that. that About the Western and the shame and because it is, it's so we used to talk in body talk, some of the body talk courses, because I, I did a lot of free fall myself and talk a lot about guilt and shame and the Catholic pelvis and uh, just how much was rooted in that. And those two emotions really, really like to travel together. And then when I was studying in Hawaii, uh, one of the Kumus had, had said like, we don't, we don't have shame here. Like that, that we don't work with that emotion because it doesn't exist. Like what, like what even is that? We don't do that. That's not a thing. And I was just blown away. I was like, that is amazing that this whole culture doesn't, I mean, in more modern times that might be changing Yeah, just because of media and being able to have these outside influences. But when he said that, I was just like, and they've got, they're very intermixed uh, with different Asians and Polynesians. So there's lots of different body types there, uh, things like that. But a lot of the Polynesians, they have like heavier set bodies. And for, to, to feel that comparison of like what we do to shame every part of ourselves in the culture that we live in. And then to have this culture that's just like, that's not even a word in our vocabulary. Like we, that, that is not an entertainable thing. Like, what are you even talking about? And I just found that so yeah. amazing and so beautiful because it is such a huge problem's not the right word, but it's such a huge setback that, that most individuals have with, mm. with how they feel about themselves and then their confidence and their security and all of those things are rooted in this, this really superficial, weird thing that in some places in the world, it doesn't even exist. And so it's just something that we're putting on ourselves for no, no real, like it's not real. Right. And yet it feels real because it's a belief. It feels very real. And not only is it a belief, it's coming in 
from all directions if if you're the type of person that looks at magazines, follows certain medias, or, you know, is rooted into wanting like the the culture of like fame, like being famous, and then you have to look this way and you have to act this way and all that kind of stuff. And so if you're if that's your model, you're modeling your worth after what that is, then it, it's just, it, it's a part of every part of you. Right. Um, and I mean, if we're going to go deeper, everything's holographic. So if you have it in one place, it's going to be in every part of you also. But the the exponential impact and power of like how that is just in everything. And it's a driver behind everything, what you're going to eat, what you're going to, how you're going to speak, what you're, things that you're going to allow yourself or not allow yourself all these rules. Um, and it really takes away freedom and joy is what's popping into my mind with that. Yeah. Because you're not allowing yourself to be, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're perceiving yourself. And I had this awesome discussion with my mom today because she perceives the world through fear. I said, mom, you were, you were raised with a lens of fear. So that is the way you see the world. You can't see the world from any other perspective because you don't have the awareness that that's what you're seeing the world through. And that's programming. That's an example of programming. And I don't know of any other modality that gets to the unconscious and the subconscious stuff as effectively and as succinctly or as completely as body talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting that you bring that up because that's something I used to say in the early days when I was taking all the trainings was just like, I just literally feel like one month I take this training and I just like get punched in the face and the whole world opens up and I'm seeing everything differently. And then the next month, the next one comes and I'm just like, and just paradigm shift after paradigm shift of like, seeing through such different perspectives so quickly because so much was unwinding and unraveling and healing that it was like, it would be a whole new world every month. And, and it just, because of the way I aggressively did training. (laughs) Like the past week, I've had a lot of fundamental shifts um, in the uh, divine feminine energy within me. And this morning I just, it's like, wow, I just need like some quiet time to just sit with that. And you're taking paradigm shifts month after month. Like your 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 whole system must have been like, okay, this is a lot. I mean, I'm I'm sure you gave yourself time to not enough. Oh. <laughs> My liver had a big overprocessing meltdown in about 2011. And I realized <laughs> I have been at like what I had been asking it to do was like insane. Like nobody, yeah. we were, we were insane here in Saskatoon. We had a really big matrix. We had one of the stronger, I don't know say stronger, but bigger for such a small place too in the world. We, we had some of some courses that only went to a few cities. They came here and it's like Saskatoon. Why is Saskatoon oh. such a, big hub of people and there was a core group of us that were just super hardcore that were were like asking for that and uh yeah when I look back on it sometimes I'm just like oh my god how how did uh like I'm gonna like in July I took I took access in May in July mid-July I'll be taking 
a mindscape. Nice. And that feels like a nice breadth. Yeah. Like I may take fundamentals in August. I'm not sure yet. Like, but I want to give myself time to like really, because for me, habits, given how many habits I've changed in my life is I need a good three weeks before it doesn't feel like, oh my God, I just put something else on myself. So, but I think I'm a little older than you. So yeah, and I can say about that mindscape. I just feel with a lot of the work that you've been doing and where you're at with your connection to the divine mindscape will be, it'll, it'll, it'll bring in that sacred masculine. It'll, it'll give a different kind of structure and a process and all of that. But I think you'll, you'll find that you're kind of already, you're doing it already okay. with, with working with spirit the way that you work with spirit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this interesting. Like I, 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 I shared a post on MeWe yesterday that was channeled, and it was about taking my understanding of cultural history with a spiritual perspective. And I always felt that that was going to come through, but I never actually saw it come through. And it was a it was a perspective shift on on how our culture is being fed fear. And it was based in history because I I can trace a lot of what's going on in our current culture back to about 90, 80, 90 years ago. And so I put this thing like my original, my original topic for my dissertation was going to be a comparative analysis between Lenny Riefenstahl's Why We Fight and Frank Capra's, I mean, Lenny Riefenstahl's Triumph of the Will and Frank Capra's Why We Fight. They were propaganda films. Lenny Riefenstahl was German. Frank Capra was the United States. When I showed it, when I taught adult ed, all of my students wanted to fight for the Germans. Nobody wanted to fight for the Americans. Hmm. And it was just because it was really effective manipulation. And what I see in our current culture is that there is this breathtaking amount of fear being fed to us and amazing, decent human beings who I absolutely adore believe that the government cares for them. Yeah. And they're giving away their intuition to an outside figure who is like a doctor or a government official or a teacher or someone else and saying, you know better than I do what I need. And that, it feels like such an injustice that people are giving away their power to such a level. And I don't, I love the the purpose of this podcast is to help people awaken to who they really are through these amazing conversations I have. And, And when I see amazing human beings who are kind and loving and beautiful beings giving that away, and, and in this instance, what, what got me to say something was the masks. We have mandatory masks in Portland right now. I'm not doing it. I mean, I'll go into a store and I'll wear a mask, but I, I, I can't wear a mask when I'm hiking. I just can't. It, it defies any logic to me that I'm going to stop myself from breathing healthy air. And, and yet the logic, the, the deeper, does this make sense? What am I fearing that is making me put my 
my self-interest aside for what somebody outside of me is telling me. And okay, I clearly needed to share that again. <laughs> Why am I saying this? But like, but that's that that awareness that comes from knowing yourself, from learning about how your body communicates with you, opens you up to that deeper state of who you really are. And you start to not necessarily question authority per se, but question if that authority is in alignment with your divine authority. Mm -hmm. And I think that is like where we're at in consciousness right now. I love that statement before 2016, 2015. I don't think that that concept would have been able to be received because the level of consciousness wasn't there yet. So slowly raising the consciousness and back then, yes, experiences of how your body communicates to you. You might not, it might not necessarily lead to your own divine authority, but, but you'll start to, to experience how your experiences, your mind, your emotions, and all of those things have really been a part of the disharmony or the lack of balance that's that's going on within you. And I always used to say to people, like the physical body is the last resort. If you now have disease in your physical body, it's been trying to get your attention through your emotions. It's been trying to get your attention, well, through spirit, emotions, through your mind, and you've ignored, you've ignored. We can do that very well as human beings, but as soon as we're in pain, we're like, oh, I better figure out what this is all about because this is uncomfortable but we can be in the most uncomfortable of emotions, but we have all these ways to suppress and oppress and push them down and pretend. But I I don't even know if you're even that conscious sometimes just that they don't exist. Or, you know, if I've now had a glass of wine or I've now done whatever it is that I do to not feel that or to forget about that, then it's okay. The next day I'll, I'll forget about it. Or in a month I'll have forgotten about it. But one of my favorite things to, to say to people when I would give talks and stuff was talking about the role of the liver and from the Chinese medicine perspective. And it has liver time in between 1 and 3 a.m. And during that two-hour period, it has about 50,000 biochemical reactions to go through. That includes every single thing that came into our energy field that day. So every pollutant, every thought, every emotion, all of those things. And two hours is not enough time based on the lives that we lead. Our bodies are not built to work eight hours. All of these different things. So many people are working 14 hours, 15 hours. So the amount of added stress, so when liver time comes on, it's gonna, we used to describe it, I think it was Carrie who who taught it this way, but He's like, it's like the body's filing cabinet. And so during those two hours, it will start filing. It will start processing what it can. But at nearing the end of its two-hour window, it'll just start filing things in the fascia. And the fascia is absolutely everywhere in the body. The organs, like, it's connected tissue. It connects everything to everything. And he's like, 
So then all of these things just get filed in the body and then they become part of the unconscious. And then the next day, the liver has 50,000 more biochemical reactions to do. So the same thing happens, filing, filing, filing. That's one of the ways that we get this massive buildup of unprocessed things that happen in our day. So being able to slow down, um, again, this great awakening right now, the opportunity that it's giving people who want to actually take the opportunity to start building a new life, building new habits, like taking that time to slow down, feeling the feelings, going, not having those 12, 14 hour work days to not have to build up so much stress. Although, you know, some people are going to be stressed because of now they aren't doing that. And that's the only thing their body knows. So, but the point is, is it's an opportunity to start to awaken. And that, that was one of the things I always like to share because it's very, people are like, wow, because they don't really know that. And we often just think in that physical only. So, oh, well, it's like if we eat certain foods, like the liver will process that. It processes fat. And, it, and it's like it actually is the processor for the body and the organizer. So that's when it will also organize how and where certain things are. And if things aren't organized, then that's another thing that's going to get in the way of this internal communication because everything's in chaos. And so if we just think about as humans, when we're in chaos, like how well do we operate as opposed to when we're at peace? And so if you think about that being the liver, like if it's nice and organized, things are going to get done in a, you know, more calm, healthy, optimal way. If it's in chaos, it's just processing and, and storing. And it likes to store. Well, it really, it likes to store in the fascia and that can be anywhere in the body. And then it's that fascia that is the connection of everything to everything. And that's where that crystalline structure comes in. So if it's full of all this unprocessed crap, how can we get to crystalline? It's another thing with that as well that I think about and that I used to talk about when I would. I love I love that that deeper understanding of how powerful the liver is, because I know it's the seat like this. Everything goes through the liver, but I hadn't ever realized how how huge a component it is to our physical, emotional and spiritual selves. I mean, I knew the Chinese clock, but I didn't realize like that's how much it was doing every single day. And I'm sorry, liver. <laughs> like, like, I'm doing the best I can, honey. Um, you know, I, <laughs> we used to say like when people, people that go to bars and things like that, they do their heaviest drinking in between one and three before last call. And that's when the liver is supposed to be oh. doing the job. And so people are, you know, taking shots, having their last call, five drink order, whatever they do. So not only are you, that's why it's very important to be asleep or at least in a relaxed, meditative, calm kind of space. So the liver actually can do its job. And so that was a big, oh, too, thinking about that, because just making all these connections. And it's like, as humans, we, how backwards we've been programmed and, and the things that we do that we think we're letting off steam or, you know, this is a good time. And we're actually creating so much disease within that organ that is going to help to organize and help to make sure that the rest of the system is clean and clear. 
Um, And everything, as we know, works together. So it's not just the liver, but taking it out and and kind of just saying what it does during its time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, those outside factors were we're doing that to the body. It's like, it has no hope. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I know like in the five weeks that I've been doing this, the body talk access, which is like level one, it's like the really basic, like, this is just how you first connect with your body. I have seen so many shifts in my body, just doing the body talk access three or four times a day. And and like just a simple example, my lymph systems in my legs were always clogged. I don't know why they were, but they were. I've been doing the body talk access for five weeks. That that doesn't happen anymore. That's just simple. That's a simple thing. Like I'm, it takes me 15 minutes to do the whole five and like five minutes to do the first four. And I, can I love myself enough to do that a couple times a day? Just give myself five minutes to just center myself, feel grounded and connect with what my body wants to feel. I'm so much more relaxed and calm now. And that's just, that's a basic thing. And like, this isn't the, I mean, there are hundreds, I don't know, hundreds, but at least dozens of courses in body talk. Cause I looked at the schedule as like, <laughs> this is a lot, but, but just, you know, to get yourself familiar with how to talk to your body. Like what does your, what is your lymph and your emotional system want right now? Right. Yeah. Like, that's just a, like, wow, I've never really thought of how they communicate, but they do. And the lymph carries not only, again, people think of things physically, so it carries all that physical toxicity, but a big component of that lymphatic system is it's carrying and trying to work through the emotional toxicity, which there's so much of that that's like, again, people are like, oh, I got to eat well and work out, but they don't nobody thinks about, Oh, well, my emotional fitness. So again, on that physical level, yeah, you might be eating well, you might be working out, but if you are completely disconnected from that emotional body, you could have major lymph problems. Um, and it might not make any sense physically, or you might be, yeah, I, I had a client once, this is an incredible story. It was emotional stuff. She, she was, she wasn't able to lose weight and she was really trying to lose weight. And she came in for a session and we went and ended up going into an active memory of a story of something that had happened to her. Basically, she was shamed and she lost 17 pounds overnight because the lymph releases through urine. So, and this happened to me when I took fundamentals for the first time. I, the very next day after day one, I couldn't, like my pants wouldn't stay on my body because the entire night, I'm not somebody who goes to the bathroom throughout the night. Okay. But that course, I would like go to the bathroom, come back to bed. And as soon as I'd lay down, I'd be like, I have to pee again. What is happening? And I just peed the entire night. And that's what happened to my client. And the next morning, she said that she was 17 pounds lighter. And so that's how powerful these emotional traumas, mm-hmm. they can store in other places in the body, of course, too. It's just going to, there are a whole bunch of factors that are going to be determined as to how your body reacts. But for her, that, that's what it was. It was just this one memory that really scarred her, had this emotional, and it was holding, and it was, it was um, making her body retain fluid. And because it was like, you're not, it's not, this isn't fat. Like, right. you don't 
I'm like, this is liquid. This is fluid. Uh, and I didn't know where we were going to go in the session, but that's where what we ended up going. And then, yeah, she called me the next day and was like, you're never going to believe this. I was like, I probably will. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> And I know that, like, that's, like, yeah, this is insane. Like, I shouldn't believe this because it, do it doesn't seem to make sense, but it makes total sense when you understand how everything is so interconnected that way. And the emotions play such a huge role with the health of our body. I used to always be the cheerleader for, again, the, the emotional releases. Like, I just loved, because I was a big stuffer. And so when I found Body Talk and started really understanding, I was obsessed with emotions and I loved to work on people's emotional bodies. Yeah, I had, I had one, like I had an incredible day yesterday. I was just so high of just the joy of being alive. And I went to bed last night after I shared that post and I did not sleep well. I woke up sad and I was like, what? I had a really powerful day yesterday. What is going on? And so I, I tuned in. I was like, I think I need to meditate. And this big old emotion came up that was like an ancestral thing. It was like multiple lifetimes of me and my family of being of, of, of the fear of not behaving and the consequences of not behaving. And, and so I, because I've, had body talk sessions for five or six years, I, I was like, okay, so what, what part does it, section one, is it section four? Because I know the terminology and I know what they do. And I actually just laid there and I was like, okay, whatever needs to happen with my body to release this, just release it. And I felt this energy just like working in my system because I, was, I wasn't thinking about it. I was just letting myself be, which is why meditation is so important. Um, so you can yeah. just be, and it's not there anymore. Amazing. And it's like, that was actually a big thing that's been holding me back for how many lifetimes? And it likely surfaced because of lots of things maybe, but I'm thinking specifically the mask thing, like you're not going to behave, you're not going to do this. And so as soon as we start to, I guess, prove that wrong or start acting in a way that doesn't allow that to have the control, then that's when it's allowed to surface and come out because we're acknowledging or we're doing the opposite. And that's another little piece of how some of this works too. When, when, when we're starting to shift our consciousness, if there's any underlying stuff that's when it's it's time it's ready it's like oh okay she doesn't need this anymore right mm -hmm. and yeah. it's so powerful that you can have that experience on your own and that's you're surrendering and allowing your your team and your higher self to to do the work yeah because i know i can't I, I i don't have the ego to think i can do this by myself and and i also know that it's not me like if I have this, this belief system that prevents me from actually being this being of light on a quantum level that I know I am, then it's just something that was part of me that I have to love and heal. And that's taken a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> Is the work. It's so not easy. And we, I find in spiritual communities, they throw these words around as though it's easy 
nobody talks about the process, uh, the commitment mm -hmm. uh, that that it truly takes to get to the other side of these things. It's right. like you can't just say love and light and think that be cool. Yeah, yeah. I think really cool. But no, you know what? What it requires of each one of us is to love ourselves that much. Mm -hmm. I love myself enough to be the highest expression of who I truly am. That sounds really incredible, and it is. And that's a commitment I've made to myself. So when I have the ick coming through, I have to sit with it. Don't always like it. Usually, I don't like it. Usually, it's pretty icky. However, I love myself enough to face it. And that's something when we say we love ourselves and self-care, this is part of self-care is that that tough love. I'm going to walk through this fear. That's love. That's the deepest love you can give yourself. Yeah. And I think that's one of the deepest parts of self-care is I, I want to just say doing the work, but it's really about working, seeing the shadow, loving, allowing that to heal, allowing it to not remain rejected and separated or ignored or uh, repressed and just seeing. It's amazing sometimes when you just think that, oh, that's not alive within me. And then as soon as you say that, you got an opportunity to see where it is alive in you. That's happened a few times recently to me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay, there that is. <laughs> and, 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 and not judge it because it's just there, right? It's just so, it's something that's showing up that needs you to heal it. And it's not a bad thing. It just is. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's taken a while. Yeah. Yeah, the not judging it part for me has been a journey, and but I do, and I do, um, maybe it's fascination when I do see it, because it's like, oh, I didn't think I had that, but I do, and it's just this, this acknowledgement that's, maybe it's just about learning, because I love learning, and so when I learn that part, it's like, oh, interesting. <laughs> I really didn't think I did that. Um, right. I don't do it like that, but I do it like this. Right. Yeah. Mm. Well, clearly, I've for a long time. And be mindful to my listeners. And I'm going to ask you one more question. And that question is, how can people find you? They can find me basically by email or on MeWe. I have always been people have said to me you're like a black market healer you like can't even find you if I want to find you I've always been word of mouth I've never had a website in 12 years of doing this and so I don't know if I'll have a website I thought I might do one this year but now I'm like I don't even know so my email or on MeWe uh, is my name Dion Bahari at protonmail.com and the spelling of my name sure yeah, because it's different. <laughs> D-I-O-N-N-E-B-I-H-A-R-I -N -N -E at protonmail.com or my name as well, at MeWe, the, the social network platform. I'm on Instagram too, but I'm not very good with it. So I'd prefer you find me on MeWe. Dion, thank you so much for this really fun, interesting conversation. I so appreciate it. 
You are welcome. The action item of the week is to look into see if you can find someone who does body talk access. There are classes offered online through the International Body Talk Association. And if this feels aligned, of course, I'm not pressuring you, but I know that if you like my podcast, this was probably something you're going to be interested in. So check it out. They have classes online and take one and see how you feel after it, because I sense that it'll be really helpful in your journey. I'm not getting endorsed. Don't worry. This is just a suggestion because it just came in. So normally I actually write these things in advance, but this one was just guided by source. So I'm just going with it. So that's it for the week. And until next time, I bid you the highest peace, love, and prosperity. Namaste. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go. Oh.